Anyway, hey, hello, welcome to Space Time Taco. I am Chris, aka Time Burrito. And I am Nate, aka a little teapot. I'm I'm pointing at it because I know <laughs> you won't try to point it, it'll show Why? up eventually. I got the lower <laughs> thirds animated, it happens. It doesn't happen while we're live. I might eventually try and do that, but that's effort that I don't feel like doing sometimes. Like um, you're trying to hex me over there. <laughs> um But yeah. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing. Are you on a hostile planet? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> do you you know, okay, super random. This has nothing to do with anything. It's just based off of something I read and we started talking about before we hit record. Um, did you actually ever buy No Man's Sky? Yes. Okay. When did you if- buy it? So many years ago, when I had a PS4, I bought a physical No, no, copy. no, no. Oh, sorry. The, I apologize. I mean that you currently own. Oh, no. I don't oh. have a copy that I currently own, no. Uh, you just have access because of Game Pass, right? Yes. Good to know. Um, yeah, I bought it. I bought it day and date. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was excited. Well, sorry, I bought it day and date when it released on Steam. I don't remember if it was day one release on Steam. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I I was excited for it. I was somebody that... Oh my god, it's so funny listening, thinking about this, because again, still listening to old podcasts, and that was after the the horrible launch. Um, but no, I, uh, I even with the quote-unquote lack of content back in the day, I played for hours and really enjoyed it. But that's the kind of game I like, where I get lost in a world without needing anybody else or anything else I can just explore this shit what what (laughs) really (laughs) yes woman's ground you know I put these I post these this is what goes in the podcast notes sorry the podcast notes it's the opposite it is the opposite (laughs) yes woman's ground what about yes woman's C I mean or is that maybe non-binary water so see, ocean. I don't know. Um, <laughs> nope, not gowned. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! Um, but no, I yeah, I uh, I want I want to play more. I would love to get back into that game because I think it is really gowned. It's a thing. God damn it. <sighs> anyway, there's some stuff that has happened in the gaming world. Uh, and as I, I made the title of the episode before we even got into it, but just because that's all we ever talk about anymore, um, this isn't about this podcast isn't about games anymore. It's about anime and manga. Uh, <laughs> that's all we do anymore. Video games. Who plays video games anymore? I just you know. Um, we just read about video games, comment on video games, yeah. play them. That's that's for the clubs. Who plays? Actually, I played a lot, and we'll talk about that later. I just didn't write it all down because I'm lazy and i'll do that as we're going um but no i uh we're gonna no hold on i want to have a graphic this is again won't happen while we're live for this time but in the edit on youtube and maybe even on the 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 audio version i'll put in an edit where there's like news or something like that um What do you think? Like, start off with it because we start off with the news now. Just a new, 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 new news. Just please make the soundbite exactly that. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put some echo in there or something, even though I'm technically echoing myself. Just do a reverb, reverb effect. Yep. I've got a whole voice mod thing, so yeah, I canceled that. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? Sure. Anyway, 
We start with the news now. That's a thing. We do that now. So no, 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 no. Sonic Origins got officially announced. Officially re-announced, I guess. Supposedly it was something that had been announced before. Uh, but no, Sonic Origins is remastered versions of all the original Sonic games and that are loved and beloved by all. You know, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. In CD. <laughs> CD. Um, They're Knuckles. <laughs> no, They're Knuckles Sonic is in there. Uh, but it's just Sonic... Is it Sonic 2 and Knuckles? Yeah, it is Sonic 2 and Knuckles. Mm. Whatever. All I know is that, that it's included, obviously. But... Um, yeah, Sonic 1 through 3 and CD are all remastered and included in this collection. Uh, it'll be coming out in June, June 23rd, for all consoles, including PC, obviously. I guess they just include that as a console nowadays. Um, there are no physical releases of this game. Did you just open the the, the version yeah. chart? Yeah. Um, no physical releases of the game. Standard oh version's God, only $40. Hold on, we'll get into that in a second. Standard version, $40. Um my mind blank there uh $45 for the deluxe which includes all the quote-unquote DLC um speaking <laughs> of that DLC let me get that <laughs> up um so one of everyone's favorite thing everyone's favorite thing that game companies do is spreadsheets put, spreadsheets exactly <laughs> um let me make sure I have the right so I, I said this a while ago on podcast I'm gonna say it again when you release a game, if you need a spreadsheet to explain your different versions of that game to the consumers, you've, you've Made already a mistake already. Out. All right, so <laughs> here's the fun thing about said spreadsheet. Main game, get with the regular, the standard, or the digital edition. Again, all of this is digital only. There is no physical version of this game. Um, mm -hmm. This start dash pack which comes with 100 game bonus coins, a mirror mode, and letterbox background, which I'm like, really? Um, <laughs> is pre-order only for both versions. Um, mm -hmm. Then, to get at a later date, the premium fun pack, which includes hard missions, uh, the letterbox background, because you can, you know, you gotta get it somehow, uh, character animation in the menu, main menu. So wait, wait, wait oh. Oh. <laughs> Stop, hang on. Character animation in the main menu. This is literally a feature that I have on a Sega Genesis cartridge sitting in a box somewhere that they've clipped and stuck behind DLC. Are you sure? Is it actually on the original? Or are they static images? You don't know. Um, no, a lot of them had animated character menus with Sonic and Tails and okay. everybody else. Like, <laughs> that was a thing. And they've just clipped it. Like, fucking letterbox. Like, I was about to rant about letterbox background, but now I see this. Yeah, Letterbox, um, fucking honestly, you you make people pay to have a black square around their fucking game. Uh, camera <laughs> controls over the main menu islands. I uh, don't whatever. Um, character animation during the was it the music islands? Yeah, the music islands. Uh, and then finally, the additional music tracks from Mega Drive and Genesis titles, um, which only comes with, a with classic the classic music, music pack, pack, which is bought separately, or all of that is included with the digital deluxe. Besides the mirror mode and the in the hundred bonus coins, which you have to pre-order for. All that leads to just, you know, just buy the game. Buy the fucking game. If you buy the game, guess what? You'll get most of that. Um, for To be honest, $45 for a, the deluxe edition or whatever is not bad. 
No, it's not. It's it's four games. Sorry, three and a half games. Um, no, three games that people absolutely love. CD, I feel like, just kind of splits everybody. I don't really know what how people feel about that game. Um, I mean, to be fair, you had to be a person who actually had the cash to own a Sega CD back then. No, <laughs> and I actually on PC, I think. Well, but then you also had to care enough. I'm talking about like back when Sonic CD like oh, yeah. was first coming yeah, out, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. You also had to be like a mega Sega fanboy, like my dad was, who had like e- who had like everything Sega and wouldn't buy Nintendo consoles. Um, and that was it. That was like your niche market for a Sega CD were the people who were like Sega fans. Yeah. I mean, my dad had one and played games like MDK on it all the time. He played Sega CD sometimes, but it didn't have like a wealth of titles that people wanted to play. Yeah. Um. So. What is more entertaining because of what happened with that um, Digital Revolver, every you know, our, one of our favorites, uh, mm-hmm. put out their own graph of showing how to get all of the content for Trek to Yoma. You mean Yomai? 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 Y O M I. Trek to Yomi. Yeah. <clears throat> Oop, I forgot how big this fucking thing was, so hold on a second. Um, <laughs> basically. It's it's the same graphic, except, you know, if you buy it, you get fucking everything. <laughs> it's literally just pre-order the game and get everything. Yeah, all the different get. things along the top are just the the different platforms it's yeah. coming to, uh, which it's coming to everything except for, for uh, Nintendo. Sorry, Nintendo. Um, I will most likely put it be... I, I I might get it on PC. I don't know. Um, it, this does look like a really fun game, if you haven't looked into it at all. Um we are also, I think, in general, <laughs> Space on Taco 100% loves uh, Digital Devolver. They are probably our favorite developer yeah. slash publisher. Um, well, they're great. They keep everything in-house and indie, and they still make an amazing show every time they get on stage with the rest of the big guys. I was going to say, they, mm-hmm. they support, uh, I guess, different content. They aren't just, hey, let's just make eight different shooters. Um, yeah. They don't have industry... They basically don't have industry anxiety, more or less. They're, they lo- they love to experiment, and they love to pick up odd games that no one else will pick up. Yeah, Because them, they're tired uh, of seeing eight different shooters come out by the same company. <laughs> them, um, yeah, Digital Devolver and uh, Tiny Build are definitely up there for me. Um, there's been a couple mm-hmm. other ones that are getting close to that with me, too. Uh, but that's, that's a whole other conversation. Um... So, uh, I'll get. We'll get to the, my last news. We can talk about what you added on here. Mm-hmm. Nate. Okay. So yes, the first DLC for Wonderlands uh, released this week. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Um, it is called Coiled Captors. Um, with that release, this is where I can pack- be a, a sexy demon girl, right? No. What? But there is this sexy demon girl in the DLC. Um, she's sort of the main character of the DLC. Oh, I thought that was a playable character. No, not a playable character. Um, now, there were several patches released, including various nerfs and buffs. Um, this centers around mostly what people are using as quote-unquote meta in the Chaos Chamber modes of the game. Um, that being said, one of the things that they added to this is they increased the chaos levels you can go to now. Before it was capped at 20, now it can go all the way up to 35, with a new rarity called Primordial having, of course, a higher chance to drop past 20. Um, 
<clears throat> but the way the DLC plays out is there's a new area in the game. You can visit it as early as level 13, so it's not like capped oh, wow. off or end okay. game or anything. Um, the downside of this area is it's very much a second chaos chamber with a bit of story added to it. The way the gameplay works is you basically walk up to a mirror, it selects the dungeon for you, and you basically run through the dungeon, you beat the boss at the end, you return, you get your loot, um, you collect little uh, these little spirits as currency, which you sacrifice to a wheel, which rolls random items for you to get. Um, so that's like the one unique thing in it. Um, they did add new items with the DLC as well. I don't have a full list of all the gear they added to it, but it is a lot of new stuff. Some of it even specific to the DLC. Okay. Things, for example, that increase your damage or increase certain abilities. You do damage to what are called land sharks, which are the sharks with legs in the game. <laughs> but uh, I love those things. Yeah. Overall, the DLCs. I mean, it's there. It's extra content. I get them wanting to get this stuff out early, so that way they can keep interest in the game. But it's a little underwhelming at the end of the day. It's not enough content. It's not what we expect from Gearbox and Borderlands where they do big, epic story pieces of content. Where you're running basically through a whole new Borderlands tale. Does this not... I thought this included a um, a new character class. No. No. The new character class is actually going to come later. Oh, okay. Um, the thing about the new character class is through data binding and, you know, just surfing different things internally through Gearbox, people did find out that there was a seventh class plan as early as the launch of Borderlands or Wonderlands, but they just never got it out, and so it's slated for later DLC. Okay. Um, so is but some of the Demon Woman not in the game yet? No, she's in the game. She's just not. I don't know what demon woman you're looking at. The hold on, the this one, the um, you'll see it on the thing in a second. But bam, that one. Yeah, she's the character in the DLC. She's just the main, the character in the new DLC. Okay, okay. Yes, she's just an NPC. She's not playable. That's disappointing. Um, she's basically a uh, oh, my mind's blanking Tiefling. from D and D. Yes, thank you. The, the class that, according to TikTok, if you play, you are definitely not straight. Well, that's because it's not a class, it's a race. Sorry, race. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, tieflings meant. are... Most people who play tieflings will play them as chaotic neutral characters because tieflings are basically demon people. I'm not saying that the first one I ever played. <laughs> so, when you play... The like pre-made things, the the like starter pack. The starter pack. One of the starter pack characters is a tiefling rogue, and of I'm like, that's perfect. It's always trust me. Anyone who's played tiefling has played a chaotic neutral rogue at some point. <laughs> like it's inevitable. Uh, my life is chaotic neutral rogue. So no, the the thing is, people take chaotic neutral to mean chaotic random, and that's just not what it means. But. I won't even get into D&D alignment charts because they're confusing. It means I can be murder happy, but not all the time. They also don't matter, so... <laughs> Who doesn't matter? <laughs> the fucking alignment chart in D&D. Alignments don't matter. Only for certain characters, like Paladin. It dep- For Paladin, yes. Um, for Clerics, yes. Basically, super religious characters, yes, it matters. But for the most part, your Dungeon Master is not going to pay attention to any actions that should affect your alignment. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel like from what I've seen slash heard from, um, like, not Dimension 20, um, what's the big one? Critical Role. Critical Role. Um, yeah. From what I've heard, seen on Critical, seen or heard from Critical Role, I feel like they definitely play, like, fast and loose with alignments oh, with yeah. that kind of shit. Well, because it, it has a chance to hinder your story, it has a chance to break up parties, and the thing is, is you have to have a dungeon master with like tons of I'm talking like a decade of experience to be able to sit down and actually manage something like a split yeah, party in a campaign. <laughs> I like murder. That's all. I can never play a non-murdery character. I don't have to be murder hobo, but I have to be murdery. Well, murder is fine. Murder hobo is terrible. What, I hate people who play murder hobos. Because what what is that? That's just basically murder hobo is basically I see a character. And now I have to kill them on sight. Like the oh, people never who play, mind. I've never played Murder Hobo. Yeah, the people who play Murder Hobos are usually people who will tell you, "I'm going to play a drow rogue who has a deep dark backstory, who doesn't speak to anybody, um, and who just happens to be the deadliest character ever." And it's fun because I follow this guy Crit Crab on YouTube. He has his own subreddit, and people post like terrible D and D stories that they've had, and he reads them on YouTube. <laughs> And one of them was literally like this guy who played like a dark elf drow rogue who thought he was a badass and everything like that and just decided he was going to kill everyone. And so they meet like this captain of the guard amongst their stories who's like super powerful because he's a fucking captain of the guard. Yep. And they tie him up and throw him on the floor and he gets this bright idea to, to spit a poison needle, which wasn't on his character sheet, not in his inventory, but to spit a poison needle at him and rolls a critical one doing it. So the he needle, of course, it. poisons him because he swallows it. <laughs> It's like when you get the little blow dart thing, you go, oh! Yes. <laughs> so, I guess the lesson to be learned here is if you're playing D&D, don't be a fucking edgelord. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, alright. Uh, on to your next newsy thingy. Yeah, I haven't touched it. I'm never going to get back into Wonderlands. I'm sorry. Um, it's fine. I, just, I understand it's not for everybody. Yeah, I enjoyed it. What I did, like I said, we talked about it. I enjoyed what I played, but just it's just not. I've right. I've spent the last month begging random people that I meet through games to play something 40k based with me, and finding people who are into 40k and also play video games is like finding a fucking needle piece of hay in a needle stack. Oh. <laughs> ah! Ah! I don't like that. That's a cell movie. <laughs> Find the haystack. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Find the haystack and the needle stack. That's two stacks. Double stacked. Still still be painful. Yes. You can see it exactly where it is, and it would still hurt. Um, Oh, of course. But no, yeah. So, speaking of Gearbox, um, we got the announcement that Tales from Borderlands is coming back with brand new characters, uh, and it is also going to be developed in-house by Gearbox, published by, I believe, 2K... Um, if you can see from the podca- podcast notes, I started putting the information together and then I got distracted. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely not something that normally happens for me ever. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, let me see if I can get the rest of the thing. Borderlands. Uh, but no, I, as somebody that is one of the few, um, the few Telltale games that I actually played most of. Still never played through all because I just, mm-hmm. I it just it's too much. As a not not like too much to do. It's more of just I don't have thing, time to sit through a story sometimes. Well, the thing about narrative games 
right? Because I've played a lot of them. I've played oh, through yeah. Life is Strange. I've played through all. I played through two seasons of The Walking Dead. I've played through most of Life is Strange episode two. True Colors is now available in Game Pass, by the way. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. But I played through a lot of narrative games, games where you're basically watching things happen on the screen, and then eventually you get a choice to do X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, they're no longer than any action-oriented game. The problem is, is they feel longer because you are watching things happen instead of doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I will say there are moments, there were moments from, and that may have been what held in held me into it a little bit longer. Um, there are moments in Tales from Borderlands that are a little bit more more action-centric. Um, yes. Which, I mean, makes sense for the world. You are, It isn't a world that just stories just happen. It is very much a, literally everyone has something that can kill you. Um, <laughs> yep. Even I just saying finish... the wrong thing to a robot. Um, yep. I finished Tales from the Borderlands, and it's a good story um, overall. But uh, I'm excited that they're planning on bringing it back and maybe exploring some of the characters, you know, that maybe needed more fleshing out in other Borderlands titles. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, it is planned for a release this year, uh, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, I'm hoping... Have, we really haven't gotten much news on the movie, have we? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think no. so. Um, the thing about the movie is, is I saw a behind-the-scenes featurette with... Uh, Who's the head of Gearbox again? Randy Dick Face McGee. Yep. Yeah, Dick Face McGee. Um, (laughs) And, you know, he's walking around and trying to, like, hype everybody. He's like, oh, yeah, we're super pumped about this movie and everything. And he has Kevin Hart come out his trailer and all this other stuff going on. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Uh, It is still (laughs) slated for a 2022 release. Yes. I mean, I don't doubt the movie is still in production because it had big names attached to it. But also the people who were tied to that movie, they've been doing other stuff up to the release of this movie to begin with. Yeah, I mean, we've got so, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and they've all been in other things that are already out before this movie came out. Now, oh, to Jamie me... Lee, Jamie Lee, I think they did two back-to-back fucking Halloween reco- uh, films. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, it seems like the Borderlands movie is less of a thing that Gearbox as a company wants to release... And more of something that Randy, Randy Pitchford wants to put another notch on his bedpost with. Is to say, yeah, we made a movie out of our biggest game franchise ever. Um, oh, and don't and Eli Roth. Don't forget, Eli Roth is mm-hmm. the director. So, you know, he also wants to get this out. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I mean, Eli Roth wants to get paid. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's see, what was the last thing Eli Roth put out? That's where 90% of shitty movies... That's why 90% of shitty movies get released, is somebody wants to eventually get paid. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. He Last thing he did was Thin, which was a documentary last year. So, whatever. Um, oh, he was a co-producer on Baywatch, the movie. And I don't care what you think, Baywatch, the movie, is an entertaining movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's The Rock and Zac Efron, so... Man titties everywhere. <laughs> Middies. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, fuck, we got really far away from the actual news story on that, but yeah, that... that yeah, Borderlands. Yay, Borderlands. Borderlands. More yep. Borderlands. It's coming around. It's, it's one of those things where, like, Borderlands, even though I don't play them all the time, I am all for people that are loving that, that love that series to get more. Um, there you go. Because I know between I mean, you, Damien, and Dave, goddamn... 
You'll never, I love it. You'll never this... play it together, but you all play it individually. <laughs> I love it for very odd reasons, and that's because, I mean, everyone knows by now, watching this podcast, that I'm a big fucking amosexual, so... Really? I have um, no idea. You like <laughs> no, I love it because it's got so many guns in it, and all the guns are just goofy and ridiculous and do things that no gun should ever do in real life. <laughs> um, it's funny because they had uh, Jonathan Irons, who actually runs the... He's the head of the armory at the British History Museum. And they have him, some channel, I think it's Game Rant, has him sit down and, like, review guns from video games on YouTube and, like, give his input on them. And they recently did Borderlands. Oh, wow. And, um, and Borderlands 3, I forgot about it, but he reminded me of it. There is a gun you get. It's a Bandit-branded launcher that literally is a poop gun. Like, it just fires shit. <laughs> I remember... <laughs> The, um, oh, what is it? The, I think it was Borderlands 2, where you got the gun that yelled reloading. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's called the Bane. Um, was that the, because isn't it voiced by, um, Ashley Birch? I believe so. But it's, <laughs> it's called the Bane, and it was a gun you got on a side quest where they're like, oh, this is the most powerful gun ever. But it's annoying. And you go and you get it. You pick it up, it's annoying, and it also, anytime you have it equipped, it makes you walk at 10% of your moves. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes. God damn. So, it is a really powerful SMG, but it just, it's practically useless in most situations. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Alright, well, that's really not much news. We didn't put too much news today. Um yeah, Nate, what have you what have you been watching slash reading? Well, what I've been watching why, why is, are you deleting my things? I'm not deleting it on purpose. Um what I've been watching is uh first and foremost, I'm actually gonna skip a bullet point here and go down to the spy family anime, because okay. I watched that first. Okay. Um and you mentioned this last podcast because you have been reaching it. Uh you meant house slippers. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't done yet. Like House, house, house. The game just, or the show? The show, and I was just going to type. It's lupus. <laughs> um, but yes, the Spy Family anime is actually fucking top notch. Like this is a really good fucking anime. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I heard things about the manga, and I knew the manga was like just super popular and you know really well done. And then they just basically went all out with the anime as well. Um. It is surprisingly like a super endearing found family tale. <laughs> um, and I like I love found family stuff. It's it's one of the best genres of anime out there. And the fact that you have this guy who's like, you know, Twilight, the super badass spy. You have Yor, the super badass assassin. You have Anya, this adorable super little badass psychic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's She's a cream puff, like she get wasted in an actual fight. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but she's she's just a cinnamon roll. She just wants to be a happy child. <laughs> like and the way that she speaks and voiced, it took me a while to place it. It reminded me of Kana from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. <laughs> right, so she's that. not as she's not as like deadpan and as cold as Kana is, but she speaks like you would expect a child to speak if they were speaking at you in Japanese. Um <laughs> She's very blunt about everything she says, but 
she tries her best to help her parents in like these really cutesy ways without even giving away the idiot. fact that she's yeah. <laughs> well, even though she's not trying to give away the fact that she's psychic all the time. Yeah. Like the last the second episode is is the most recent one released and the only thing oh, that the she third did one isn't out yet? I don't think so. No, no, um, third one came out yesterday. Okay. Then I just haven't watched it yet, okay. but she um I know I did watch it. What am I talking about? I'm wrong. I got it all fucked up. Yes, I did watch this third episode. Because um, you meet um, your in episode two. Yeah. Mm. But this guy snatches this old woman's purse, and your first takes off after, tries to go catch him, loses track of him. And the thing about your is for like this amazing assassin, she is fucking clueless 90% of the time. Yep. <laughs> but she goes to chase him, loses track of him. Uh... Twilight catches up and is looking for the guy in a crowd and can't find him. Anya picks up on his thoughts and instead of like pointing to him and saying like, that's where he is. She points to a shop that's down on the lower level and says she's hungry. <laughs> and that helps him spot the thief in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's such a good, cause like, again, I, I've only watched the first episode so far, but like you mentioned, I had been reading it. Um, I don't remember where I left off on that. I need to. I want to get back and finish it up to where it is at least. Um, mm -hmm. It really is. It's one of those series where you're like, this is it. You have two of the most badass people you could possibly have in the most heartwarming story at the same time. Um, oh yeah. While obviously the the main character, or, uh, it just says it listed as Lloyd. I keep forgetting that. Um, yeah, Lloyd. <clears throat> but. Uh, hold on one second. I just find it funny his last name is Forger. Okay, nothing happened. Nothing happened at all. Motherfucker, <laughs> if you go back in there, I'm going to kick your butt, Mudgy. Alright. Hey. <laughs> what else are you reading? We obviously mean... Yes. That's all, it's on um, Funimation. Sorry. Funchy roll. Crunchy roll. Funchy roll. <laughs> Funchy roll. Crunchimation. I like Funchy roll. Funchy roll. Alright, well, the other one that I am watching, which is grammatically incorrect title, according to Google here, um, Shikimori is not just a cutie. <laughs> um, which is a sweet little anime about a guy and a girl who are going out, but the guy's got really bad fucking luck and has a lot of bad stuff happen to him consistently. Okay. Um, but his girlfriend, Shikimori, is this total bombshell of a girl to him who also like just wants to protect him like at all cost. Um, but she's also really good at it. Like she's got, she's crazy athletic, basically has superpowers for a teenager. Um, and, um, goes out of her way to protect him at all times, but is also very sort of like a Yankee girl in her own way where she's, well, not really ganky. I guess dairy dairy would be the word. Um, <laughs> Chris is like, what are these words that are coming out of your mouth? I have watched and I have watched <laughs> anime and read manga for, <laughs> I'd say, the better better part of of uh, two decades. Um, I don't know what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> it's all code. I'm summoning a demon in secret over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, she gets very flustered, basically, um, when she... Like Comey? When... Not really like Comey, because she isn't, like, anxious or anything, but 
every time like her boyfriend thinks like she's cute or cool or he's like around other people or just holding her hand or doing something sweet towards her she gets flustered pretty easily okay so like what's her mm-hmm. face from mm-hmm. uh dress up darling yes okay um so it's just a very cute wholesome anime honestly like there's not a lot there's not no major conflict really going on it's very slice of life episode to episode kind of stuff but it just has a way of drawing you in okay um it's another one of those i don't know why romantic comedy has blown up so much in anime recently but it's just another one of those and it's a really good one in this case how many episodes Um, are there so far I believe there's like six or seven out right now, okay. and I've only watched two. <laughs> is it so, only is it only subbed, or have they started dubbing it already? No, they started dubbing it too. It's weird because when you go on Verve, whatever reason, when I use Verve on my Xbox, it wants to bring up the dub immediately. Yeah. And when I pull up the dub, I heard the first word, and I'm like, "That sounds like English. That sounds like American. <laughs> that's the Americans." And then the second word came up, and I said, "Nope, that's American." And switched it to the sub immediately. <laughs> 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 it is funny i will admit there are moments in because i remember in the first episode of spy family um the little girl says something about peanuts and mm-hmm. it sounds like she's straight up just saying i like peanuts in english and i'm like wait wait hold on <laughs> yes. or the bacon ray i like the bacon ray i want to get some yes, bacon, from bacon the bacon ray <laughs> the bacon uh, from the bacon ray. <laughs> new business we're opening up a bacon ray. <laughs> um but no, yeah, it, I have noticed there's been an influx of, you know what, here's the thing, maybe it's not an influx of romance anime, or like just slice of life romantic comedy anime kind of thing, maybe we just are starting to like it more. Because mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't watch that for the most part, the closest I would say I would watch that stuff would have been Fruits Basket, and then later mm-hmm. on, Relife. Um, but then well, like, the... Uh, the he, Fuck. Hori Mia. Hori Mia? Yeah. Hori Mia, yes. So much rom-com before this time that wasn't even focused on singular couples. It was either harem or reverse harem anime. Um, Oh, yeah, I love the shit. I love Hina, man. I mean, Fruits Basket is basically a reverse harem anime. No. (laughs) But, um... You haven't watched watched enough Fruits Basket to know what Fruits Basket is about, man. Well, love Hina, Tenchi Moyo, you know... Nejima is a very weird harem anime because there's like 80 kajillion girls going after a 10 year old boy. And the sequel um, to that, or that I didn't know was a sequel to that, is about the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's there's a lot out there, but this one is, I would put it towards the top of like ones to watch this season if you're going to watch any, if you're just looking for something to watch. Spy Family is like top almost top number one to watch there's another one out which i can't remember the name of right now oh yeah your boy kong ming number one definitely watch your boy kong ming we gotta we gotta talk about so you have two screens right yes okay so you know how you can pin something to one side of the one of the screens and have another thing because like if you do that then the the light doesn't keep going away nate like have something that's bright i'm a murder Murder, murder, <laughs> fl- fl- flames from the side of my head. Um, <laughs> and then after you figure that part out, we're going to talk about having so your your camera, your the thing that you're looking at that you see me is over here. 
But I don't want to put it over there. The wire gets all in the way. You, you don't have to. It just because you look like you're looking off screen the entire time. <sighs> okay, I'm not going to move it now. No, no, I, you don't have to move the camera. You just have to move me. Oh. Why did that? Why did moving the physical camera? <laughs> <laughs> why was that your first choice? <laughs> I don't know. Because then I have to put Discord on this screen, and that's what happens. See? It fucks everything up. I can't keep... You have to understand, right? Second monitor is over there, right? So I have to put Discord over here, which is dark, and then put podcast notes here in front of me, which is bright. So when podcast notes is on the other side, it's still too dark in the room? Yes. Oh, how far away are your monitors from each other? They're literally touching. Oh. That's crazy that it doesn't <laughs> the problem is the same is amount of light. One is like a 20-something inch IPS display, and one is a Walmart AOC 16-inch monitor. <laughs> I didn't know she made monitors. That's not what I meant, and I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> We'll we'll deal with it later. A future, <laughs> it'll eventually get taken care of. Um, yeah, it sounds cute. I might throw it on. To you said you're currently watching it through Verve, so that's definitely on Crunchyroll. Um, it, you know, I'm still confused on how what's up with Verve. Like, so have they? Did they put any kind of announcement through to Verve saying, "Hey, Crunchyroll's leaving the the platform" or anything like that? I don't believe they put an announcement there because there was enough ads through the Crunchyroll channel that you saw it like before everything you watched anyway, or through the Funimation channel. Yeah. So all they did was just remove Funima- the Funimation channel from Verve. So you still have access to things like High Dive and all that other stuff, well, but you just don't have access to Funimation through Verve. No, no, yeah, that they Funimation mm-hmm. hasn't been on Verve forever. I'm talking about the fact that yeah. Crunchyroll, Verve was it was Verve from Crunchyroll. Um, I yes. don't know if it still is listed as that. Um, Crunchyroll is now no longer owned by that company. They are now owned by Sony. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the current thing that's happening with Verve is is going to happen because, like, technically, I don't know. Maybe it's like a licensing thing that is going up until a certain point. Um, hmm. uh, let's is Verve shutting down. Wait, Sony is part of the country. Oh! Hmm. So from this quick little blurb I'm seeing, uh, Verve found its way to Sony as part of the Crunchyroll acquisition, but it's cl- it's clearly on its way out. A Crunchyroll spokesperson uh, said that there are no current shutdown plans for Verve, but the company is actively encouraging, I'm doing air quotes here, actively encouraging users to cancel <laughs> and move to Crunchyroll. Okay. Which sucks um, a little bit because I, I, me personally, I fucking loved Verve. Verve, the reason I loved Verve is because Verve worked better and I believe still works better than the Funimation and the Crunchyroll app. (laughs) (laughs) They all suck. None of, I don't know how, it's like you are, you are the biggest provider for anime. Both of you are the biggest providers of anime to most of the world. And you don't know how to get your app running correctly. Um, yeah. I mean, I still run into the issue where it's like, hey, uh, you um, you can't 
watch the dub of this, because for some reason we're not going to give you the option, even though we tell you it exists, we're not going to give you the option of switching over to that. I'm like, why? Mm. Why are you a piece of shit? Because, um, again, I like the multitask. I like to throw that shit up, listen to it while I'm watching. Or, <laughs> yeah, watch it while I'm doing it, whatever. Um, anyway, speaking of... I didn't watch any anime. I, I, like I said, I only watched the first episode of Spy Family. Um, I haven't watched anything beyond maybe the second episode of Shield Hero, um, season two, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't want to talk about just because I don't know the story of that. That I purposely have not been reading because I'm like, I'll be patient. Um, <laughs> what I have been doing, though, is I have been... I'll get to the important stuff in a second, but I have been on my isekai bullshit again. Um, just going through a whole bunch of isekai ranging in quality. <laughs> um, mm. And, like, I can't... Off the top of my head, I couldn't name any of them. So I literally have to have it pulled up in this other thing and being like... There's, like, level cheat... Level 2 cheat something something... Which one is this one? Hold on, let's see which is, which one this one is. This is... Hmm. Oh, okay, this is the one, uh, he gets, he comes in, um, oh, that's why it's called level two, I remember. Guy gets summoned, <laughs> guy gets summoned to be the hero, uh, they check his stats, he's level one, he has no special abilities whatsoever. Um, they're like, you can't be the hero, and then some other guy comes in, and he's like, I'm level 99, I have a hundred, I have, I have 99, 99 skill level on every single thing, Oh, he's the hero. Let's just kick this guy out and send him to this really bad place, and hopefully he dies. Um, so he ends up going off on his own, uh, happens to level up to level two, and at level two, that's when all of his basically cheat abilities kick in. Um, <laughs> he ends up like purifying the, the entirety of a zone that is infested with demons, uh, and from then on just moves towards being like, hey, I uh I am now I've now got all these powerful people on my side. I'm good friends with the demon lord. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I always that's I think that's one of the things I love about certain isekai when cause the whole point of them usually is like, you're summoned to kill the evil, blah 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 blah. But then it's like, no no, the humans are actually just dickheads. Uh, the <laughs> demons don't even really want to fight with the humans. They would love to just live in a more peaceful world, but the mm-hmm. humans are like they're the bad guys. Um, and I'm like, I'd like that kind of shit. Uh, at this point, it used to be obviously I've been reading enough of these where I'm like, it started off as like a a new thing, uh, a cool twist on the old story kind of thing. But then it hit a point where it's like, oh no, fifty percent of these you go one way or the other. Either you do have to f- fight the bad guys, or the bad guys are actually more douchebags than the. Hum- the, the humans, the good guys, um, mm. but that one, that one's fun. I enjoyed that one. Uh, it's there are a lot of short ones, like up to maybe sixty, seventy chapters. Um, that one was cute. Uh, one of them is. Oh, I'm mad that I don't have this organized better. Um, oh, the player that can't level up. Um, mm. It's one of those because there's obviously the regular like manga that you see that you can see you're like turning pages but then you have the um white novels no what's the ones where there's the apps where you scroll you just continue to scroll up 
No, webtoons. Yeah, like the webtoon style manga. Um, mm-hmm. I've been reading a couple of those, and that this is the one um, that I like zoomed through. And I think, oh, let's see, it literally is going from chapter one all the way up to sixty-five, sixty-five chapters. I think I read that in like one sitting. Uh, but uh, it's about a guy who finally it's it's one of those worlds where um, people have awakened abilities and become quote unquote players and they enter different worlds to fight mm-hmm. off enemies so they can't come into the the main world the overworld um mm-hmm. and he basically gets awakened one day does can't see his ability just has level one uh and after he goes into training he finds out that he just can't level up and he for years becomes like the tutorial guide he is known as like the tutorial dude the best guy that that works in the tutorial zone because he he, <laughs> he can play he's been playing for years and just can't level up and then something happens where it turns out the reason why he can't level up is because his ability allows him to synchronize with basically souls they're called egos but they're souls that are attached to weapons and armor and objects throughout the world um Mm -hmm. so he ends up becoming the most powerful person without ever being past level one uh very similar to Oh, what is the one that I think me and you talked about? Solo leveling. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very similar to solo leveling, but solo leveling, I feel like he went into the the like loner vibe too much, too fast. Um, mm-hmm. This he stay. He, I feel like he keeps that that more likable character the entire time. Um, yeah. Again, it's only sixty five chapters. Solo leveling is like what two hundred chapters at this point. Um, <laughs> It's a lot. I, I stopped reading it because it got to that point where I'm like, all right, we're getting to that Goku shit where it's like it, Goku without being the nice guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that that's where that kind of lost me. I enjoyed it up to a certain point, but this one, so far, he's still keeping a relatively level head. Um, it's, it, it's so crazy, too, because it's so similar to the point that, like, his mom is sick. The only way to save his mom is from a rare item in the game, in the the quote unquote game world. Um, but that happens in the first like thirty chapters, maybe. Where in the other one, it took a hundred or so chapters for him to do that. I'm like, oh, this is this is uh, <laughs> this is basically the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood of the same series. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I I've been really enjoying that. And then the last one, oh no, there's two more that I've been reading. Um, there's the realist demon lord it's not the real name it just shrunk it down to what i called it um mm-hmm. guy gets summoned into a world as the weakest of 72 or i think 72 72 73 demon lords in the world um and he's basically told by the god that brings him into the world to take care of them all get rid of them all become the strongest and he is just very it's not like all-out brutality, all that kind of shit. It's like, I'm going to strategize, I'm going to do this the right way. Um, Because there's even like a... uh, Oh, (laughs) one of his things is he wants to defeat, kill heroes before they Mm -hmm. become powerful. Like, killing off level one heroes is one of his ideas of taking care of things. And I'm like, that's actually, you know, smart. (laughs) Don't let them get powerful. (laughs) Knock them out right at the beginning. Um, (laughs) That one's been fun. It's only 30 chapters. 
uh, not even 30 chapters, so it hasn't gotten too far. Um, but then I think my favorite that I'm reading right now, or the one, that, not favorite, um, but the one I'm currently reading is uh, The Max Level Hero Strikes Back, which is another one of the uh, Webtoon-style series. Um, mm -hmm. And it's weird because it doesn't really... It is an isekai, but it doesn't really state it too much in the beginning. You kind of just get told that at one point. But <laughs> basically, he is a guy that... Um, they attempted to murder him, I guess, after he was reborn as, like, the seventh son to a king. Um, they attempted to murder him after murdering his real mother. Somebody murdered his real mother and became queen. Woo. Um, but in putting in attempting to murder him, he falls into a coma and then spends a thousand years, not real time, in his time, I guess, um, being trained by all of the gods of all of the worlds. <laughs> hmm. So he ends up becoming a super overpowered character, who would have guessed? Um, and then waking back up in his world, in his regular world, from the coma at, I think it's been six years. Um, so while mm -hmm. he's had a thousand years of training, he gets to come back and like make everything right. But of course, it's another one of those series where it's like, I don't really want to fight people i just want to live a really peaceful quiet life i'm like all right cool do it whatever <laughs> that one i'm not done yet i think there's about 85 chapters of that i'm on 37 right now um mm. but that's been really fun uh what i what i 100 am uh currently really excited and slightly annoyed about um i've finally gone back and finished and caught up on black clover which in my opinion i've called it the the better better naruto um <laughs> and now that i've actually read all of naruto i stand by that this is better naruto um well it may warrant a read for me a friend of mine tried to get me in the anime a while ago and you can't Asta stand Asta, a can lot. Yeah. no i love him i love him so much he's on my list he he's on my list of tattoos it's i want to get uh, headache inducing screams <laughs> I love the the Black Bulls are some of my favorite characters in any anime series in general, like the whole group of them, because they they span so many different ridiculous personalities, and I love it. Um, mm -hmm. One of which is I actually made the joke, I tweeted about it. Um, uh, Magna Magna Swing, um, mm. who is like the, he's a fire user. Uh, mm -hmm. who, whose attacks are base, basically baseball related. Um, <laughs> But he is in the English dub voiced by uh, Ian Sinclair, who, because he is my favorite Black Bull, um, he is also voicing my favorite Straw Hat in the English dub of One Piece, which is Brooke. Um, do you know who Brooke is? Mm. No. Brooke is the skeleton dude. The skeleton with the afro. Mm. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you looking him up? <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, he is, yeah, he's a skeleton. He he took, he ate a devil fruit that makes it so he can't die, basically. Um, he was normal human. He died eventually and turned into the skeleton dude he is now. Um, he's like a music performer that has death abilities. <laughs> uh, uh, and he also makes a whole lot of, of skeleton jokes. Mm -hmm. Like... Oh, I can't even think about it. Like skin and bones is like, wait, but I'm only bones. Ah, stupid. <laughs> I, but it's like stupid. That hits me correctly. It's like, I love that kind of shit. Bad jokes. Um, 
Well, I mean, you fight a lot of skeletons in Wonderlands as well, so my friend gets cracked up every time he hears voice lines from these skeletons. One oh. of them literally shows shows up and goes, I'm a talking yeah, skeleton. I Ooh, fucking love that. Is, so that is scary. my favorite. I think I... Was I on the... Were, were we talking when that happened? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, when I first, when I first heard it, I'm like, this is my favorite line. Um, it's up there with, like, uh, the grunt. It's the skeleton... The, the voice lines for the skeleton and the voice lines for grunts in um, mm-hmm. Halo Infinite are probably some of my favorite scripted uh, shit in those games. Because I think one of them was like, uh, I think I'm going to change sides or something like that. For a group. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, so Black Clover got all the way up to um, chapter 330, which mm-hmm. I read, really enjoyed. It kind of wrapped up the, the story arc that they were in. Um, and I... Uh, then found out that they were going on hiatus for like three months, like a three three month planned hiatus, so they can get some rest and get ready to prep for the final arc. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> awesome, fantastic! I'm really excited about this. this. is a great stopping point. I'm good. Let's go. And then they put out chapter three thirty one, which makes me hate that I have to wait for three fucking months because it went from like a good okay, I can see what's going to be part of this this story for the next arc. And mm-hmm. we're wrapping up this part of the story nicely, or this arc nicely, um, to, hey, here's a giant fucking cliffhanger that gets revealed <laughs> to you that you had no idea, did not see it coming. Kinda. I feel like if I had read it all in one go, I probably would have seen it coming a little bit more. But, like, from how I read the series, I 100% was like, the f- fuck? What? Are you kidding me? And now I'm like, oh, hey, three months. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Here I am getting being like, I can take like a two or three week break Listen. between between uh, One Piece chapters right now. But like this motherfucker. <laughs> I've been reading Nagatoro for a long time. And the answer to when the next chapter is coming out is Eventually. whenever Nanashi fucking feels like it. So Yeah, but I, that's... That's a, a rom com. There, I feel like that's like. Yeah. This is very. I mean, I don't know. It's a rom com, but like, it's drawn with skill. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put it that a, way. I'm not saying <laughs> that. I'm more of like. I feel like there really isn't. Like the only big question in a rom com in my head is like, will they? Won't they? And I feel like mm-hmm. once it hits the oh they will, that's the end of the rom com. Um. Which is why that's a, one of those things with like. Uh, New Girl. I know completely yeah. changing it off of anime well, and manga, but New Girl was very much like people yeah. hated the show after Nick and Jess hooked up. It's like, no, well, it's still good. I mean, there's a bunch of rom-com where they're already together. I mean, True. you watched Horamiya, so... <laughs> yeah, but that's... I feel like that starts with, hey, these two are together, but now we're going to explore the relationships and, one, continue their relationship, and two, explore the relationships of everyone around them and who they're connected to. Well, true. But it's, I don't know, the the will-they-won't-they dynamic is there, but it has been played. It's basically been played to its logical extreme in the media. There's no more, there's there's no room left there to experiment with that anymore. I prefer rom-coms that are focused on people who are already together and their relationships and their friends and 
you know, even ones where like we see actual, you know, tension in relationships where it's like, like a the question is, Greg. yeah, but it isn't like, it's not like a, will they, won't they now it's like, Oh, will they just stop being in a relationship by the end of the series? <laughs> like, are they just going to fucking break up? I like those kinds of ones. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I just like seeing people sad. <laughs> okay. God damn. Um, I think that's hot. Have we, I'm trying to think if I've watched anything else, anything big. I know Kim and I finished up and if you haven't watched it, we highly recommend it. Um, we finished up season one of two things. Actually, we finished up season one of um, Abbott Elementary, which if you have not watched, I highly recommend it. Um, it is. I feel like it's a show that like takes the idea of that day to day sitcom with a recording, somebody recording it, like The Office or Parks and Rec, um, but does a really good job in uh, like. Rein, not in reinventing, but like getting you super invested in the world that they built, in the characters. Um, mm-hmm. So if that has not been added to your watch list, I highly recommend it. Uh, I would also recommend watching the U.S. version, which is fucking weird. I don't normally say this, but the U.S. version <laughs> of Ghosts. Um, very funny. Yes. Very like it, it's it's one of those shows where one time you, at one point you'll be cracking up laughing, the other part you'll be sobbing. Um, <laughs> emotions, man. Um, but that just ended, and it ended kind of on a cliffhanger. So I'm like, no, give me more. You need to add any rating to every TV show called Bring a Bucket <laughs> in a mop? <laughs> no, just just the bucket part. <laughs> oh, okay, why do you need no? Just bring lots of tissues, tissues, tissue rating. Why do you need a bucket? How do you cry? Do you, do you hold on? Do you not cry? Is the way that your body works that you don't cry enough? Where when you do cry, it's like flood. <laughs> More or less, yes. It's like no, oh, it's been backed up. Here's a here's a, a decades worth of tears in one go. Um, so falls is not just a thing in anime. <laughs> I love that. What's the? I, I don't know what it's from, but that one gif of the the woman that's crying and it's like actual stream of yes. water coming down her eyes. Um. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I you know I don't rate. We don't do ratings on TV shows, do we? I feel like it's not really. Yeah, I don't want to. Maybe I, I'll mean, do that. I can, think we've done it for the Marvel shows. I was about to say, but, but I was going to say we do that because it's closer to. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people talking about it now. Disney Plus still doesn't know how to make a TV show out of these things. They really are just <laughs> six-hour to ten-hour-long movies. Um, which I'm okay with. I've loved all of them for the most part. Um, I mean, I'm I like anthology series. I mean, we got fucking what's coming out again on a, what they just announced Black Mirror. They just did a trailer for Black Mirror season three. You mean like eight Six? season whatever? Did they? I run? don't know what season it is. There's another Black Mirror coming out. Did they really put out a new trailer already? <laughs> Oh wait, no, not Black Mirror. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots is what I'm oh. thinking of. <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, yes, I haven't watched a trailer yet. I'm avoiding the trailer because I just want to watch it all. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. Um, well, and I was going to say same thing with um, obviously up to a point because they did wrap it all up and and connected. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same thing with uh, fuck Marvel. What if the What If series? Mm-hmm. I loved 
those were like an anthology individual stories and they're like eh, kind of we're putting this story together um and then of course there's star wars visions which is my favorite thing that has been created from disney since they <laughs> started doing their platform their streaming platform um yep <clears throat> God, I would love if that like yes, I want more what if. I wish that they could get that that visions to be like a, a yearly thing. Um <laughs> even even if it's like every other year, I'd be happy with that. Um Okay. Uh I was making fun of some nerds with that uh, comment. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I saw. Yeah, Nate wrote. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in the podcast. And it was a Disney's for kids ignites lightsaber toy. Um, <laughs> I did see uh, a meme earlier today where it was um, a thing with a guy holding another guy like by the throat with a knife, being like, "I'll take him. I'll get. I'll kill him," or something like that. And it's his conservatives, and the guy that was about to be killed was Disney. Uh, and the other half was liberals, and then they're like, "He's not ours. He's not our man. <laughs> Kill him. He's not our man. Pirates of the Caribbean. Is that what that is? Okay. No. Yes. Um, One of the pirate kings is holding like a guy, like you said, knife to his neck. He's like, "I'll kill him," and he's like, and Barbosa speaks up and goes, "Kill him. He's not our man." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because, like, I, and that's one of those things we, we've talked about. I, I absolutely love Disney. I have loved Disney mm-hmm. my entire life. I love the shit that they put out. Do I support everything that they do and their decisions? Fuck no. Um, are you are you a member of the stereotype known as quote unquote Disney adult? Technically, yes. <laughs> well, because I'm an adult and I still love Disney. I mean, my mom is hell. Um, no, Disney adults are specifically adults who cannot see an event happen without relating it to something Disney. I don't know what that means. It means, like, they see something and they'll go, this is just like that time X happened in Y Disney oh. movie. Well, now that makes it even harder because it's now, like, this is just like that time in a Star Wars it's, movie or a Marvel movie. or <laughs> Basically, their frame of reference for the world is through the lens of Disney. <laughs> I mean, my mind does connect things, not specifically to, mm-hmm. to Disney, but a lot of entertainment just because my mind stores that kind of stupid shit. Um Speaking of, oh man, completely off the rails and off topic on this. Uh, Kim sent me. I don't play Wordle. I hate Wordle. I'm not good with words. Uh, I play Hurdle. I don't do any of these Wordle, Hurdle, whatever. I'm gonna send you some because I think you can have fun with some of them. I um, don't know how it works. <laughs> well, okay, Hurdle. Hurdle is you hear a, a second of a song and you have to guess what it is, and then if you don't guess it, you can extend it up to I think it's 16 seconds altogether for you to guess what that song is um, yeah. and it's only one one a day it's a daily thing I really enjoy it it's fun um, the other one that I've been doing is framed which is it's a single frame up to five frames I think five or six frames um, from mm-hmm. a movie and you have to, get, have to guess that movie off of a single frame um, mm-hmm. today was very much a, I woke up saw the first frame and I'm like I know exactly what that is um, <laughs> Kim's like, you're going to be mad, because it took me five frames to figure that out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, but I'm, I don't care. That's My mind remembers that kind of shit. Um, Kim found a new one. I forgot what it's called. It's like Movie Doll or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> movie Doll. So instead of a single frame, in a single second, it plays 
quote-unquote plays, but it sh- throws up a whole bunch of screenshots and frames from a movie. Um, mm-hmm. So you have a second of flashing images from a, of a single movie, not in order. It, I, I'm pretty sure it is randomized. Where you we're going to make our we're going to make our own. No, I found one that yeah. I absolutely love, and I sent it to my brother, and he loves it too. Um, but I, I love this. I thought this was a great idea. Um, and luckily, the first one I got immediately. I'm not going to give any away because we are currently live. Um, <laughs> We're going to make a space-time taco version of this where we take clips of our podcast. No, fuck. That would be so it. hard. <laughs> it's just, it's like, hey, guess the title of this episode. And it's the clips from the title of every episode. <laughs> oh, my God. I uh, One of my favorite, because, again, going back through the old episodes, there was an episode called Silence of the Hitler. Um, oh it was the first episode, I think, that it was me, Kim, and Dave, because you weren't there. I think you went to mm-hmm. something. Um but the the name of the podcast came from us talking about uh, spoilers. And we hit a point where we were just throwing out random older spoilers for things. Because we're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's give out all these things. And um, mm-hmm. and I said, Rosebud is is the, the sled or the sleigh. Uh, and Dave's like, yeah, what the, what's that movie called? That's uh, Silence of the Hitler. <laughs> and Kim and, I, <laughs> Kim and I just burst out laughing. Silence uh, <laughs> of the Hitler. Oh, no. Uh, so that stuck. Um, I, I think I just finished the one where you had just seen Shawshank Redemption for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we told you not to call talk about Prague. I'm sorry. We were very mean to you, Nate. <laughs> Look, to be fair, I had the biggest hard on for Deus Ex for That's the longest true. time. <laughs> the, so the previous episode, it literally was just you for like 30 minutes straight talking about um, Deus Ex, and uh, there is a point because like, probably stood frog like fifty times. So. That too, but Dave and I kept like interject, or Dave kept interjecting, I kept interjecting, whatever throughout it. Um, you continue, you don't stop, no stop, you just keep going through. <laughs> um, but there's a point where I look over at Dave, and this is back when I sat in the computer chair and you two were on the couch. Um, mm-hmm. I look over at Dave and I'm like. Dave, you have that face where you look like you think that Nate's been talking for too long. And he says, I didn't say it. (laughs) In the early days of our podcasting, when I would talk about a game, I wasn't going to give you like a synopsis or like a brief review. I was going to tell you moment to moment what happened in that game from start to finish. You've moved past that. Uh, We're proud of you. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Howdy y'all, my name is Maki Roll, and I'm an award-winning and international cosplayer, performance artist, and producer out of the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Some of you may know me from a few of those things. Some of you may know me from the internet. Some of you may know me from that very awkward moment where I used to Naruto run in high school. But this time, I am stepping into a brand new role. May 3rd through May 8th, 2022, I'm teaming up with Flying Bee Theater and the historic Silver Spring Black Box to create the Nerdvana Experience. It's a celebration and reimagining of nerdy nightlife, and I hope that everyone is excited about it as I am. My team and I have been working really, really hard in an effort to make this one of the premier events of the spring in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. But like any super squad, we need more members to assemble. 
Here are a few simple things that you can do to help us spread the word of Nirvana and get everyone excited. Repost and reshare any banners or promo items that you see. Tell everybody that you know who might be interested in this type of event how excited you are for this type of event. Quote retweet my pinned thread and hashtag Nirvana2022. If you want to go the extra mile and do some sort of video or reel talking about how excited you are for the Nirvana experience, we would be extremely grateful. Like I said, it takes a bunch of people to create the spirit bomb, which is the Nerdvana experience. I'm asking if you can, please be the legs to our Voltron. Be the Mastodon to our Megazord. Be the sword and shield to our Gundam. But most importantly, be a part of supporting Black-led, queer-led, femme-led live performance art in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Thank you for listening. See you at Nerdvana. Uh, speaking of which, I don't even know where the fuck we are. What were we doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just wrapped up your isekai manga bullshit. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. What have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> so, I booted up my PS2, and I had a game glancing at me from my new shelves, because I put new shelves up. Um, and it's a game that is a very niche title. I doubt anyone who knows me has ever heard of it. Um, I happened to own it back in the day for PS2 on a whim. And then I remembered it's a really cool action game. Um, now, that being said, it's an old PS2 game. So the controls are very wonky, animations are weird. It's PS2 expectations, let's put it there. Do you have a lightsaber in this game? Yes. So... Eve of Extinction is an action sort of fighting game, similar in play style to games like The Bouncer, I guess is what I could compare it to. But you have all these various weapons that you unlock throughout the game. The weapon that you see him holding there in those clips you pull up, that lightsaber-looking thing, is not just his weapon, but also his girlfriend. (laughs) And what I mean by that is, basically you were fighting against this big megacorp, that found a way to bond human consciousness with living metal to create these super weapons. Um, And they're planning on like a whole military takeover of the world. Now you're probably asking yourself, why would you run around with a sword when guns exist? Like, that's a thing. In this game, you do fight enemies with guns, and their bullets fly, no joke, comically slowly towards you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You hear a gunshot. You can use your girlfriend to hit them back? No, it's so you can just get out of the way of them. Um, But as you use each weapon you unlock in the game, the weapons have their own independent XP bars, so you level them up separate from one another. Are they all different girlfriends? No, they're not all different girlfriends. (laughs) They're all your girlfriend. But basically you unlock them by taking other weapons from other people, so I guess you're just stealing other people's girlfriends and making them yours. You're making a weapon harem. I don't know. Okay. It's it's a fun game I played back in the day, and I wanted to try it again just to... One, I was really just trying to see if the disc still worked, because oh it was fairly fucked. <laughs> um, but I put it in my PS2, and it booted up, and I was ready to go, and I'm... I am thankful we don't have loading times anymore, is all I have to oh say. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I was watching something the other day where... Um, uh, oh, it was a trivia thing, and one of the questions was... The, what was it? It was like a Jeopardy style thing, and it was mm-hmm. the, the developer of this game said that uh, if you experience very long loading times, it was actually sometimes rebooting the uh, console to 
have everything load up, and it was fucking Morrowind. Yeah, I'm like Morrowind was kidding me. So the problem is, is Morrowind released on the original Xbox as well as PC. Now, if you had a PC, it was no problem. Yeah, but if you had an Xbox, the problem is, is Game Worlds in Elder Scrolls are persistent, meaning that something you did in the world doesn't go away. It's always there. If you move an object from one place to another in someone's home, it's going to stay in the place that you moved it. It doesn't go back to where it was. The game, the Xbox had to reboot itself to free up RAM to allow the portion of the game you were in to load properly. That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> um... And it had to do that consistently. The low times in Morrowind were ridiculous. Morrowind was also probably, I think, to date, still the biggest Elder Scrolls map ever. It literally took you an actual 24 hours to walk across from end to end. <laughs> Which is funny, because like people talk about how big game worlds are, and I'm like, I feel like we had bigger. Well, that's the thing. You could have a bigger game world, but if you give me a way to just fast travel across it by clicking on a beacon on a map, it's not so big anymore. When you force your player in a game like Morrowind, Morrowind was a game where you didn't have little objective markers that said, okay, here's a thing on your map, walk in this direction until you find it. It was literally you listening to characters talk to you, and then from them gaining clues to find out where you needed to go or what you needed to accomplish when you got there. So we've lost some of that. There's a whole thing that, I forget what game reviewer did it. I think Dunkey may have done it once, where he talked about like how a lot of modern open world games don't feel open world because they just handhold you yeah. through the world. <laughs> Whereas a game like Morrowind is truly open world because as soon as you start the game, it's very much go where you want, do what you want. You will pay the consequences for doing so. Yeah. But if you listen to people and you actually interact with the world around you, that's how you find out what you need to be doing. <laughs> well, I think did, were there not were were there not options in later. Elder Scroll and even Fallout games where you could turn off that kind of thing. I could. I feel like I yes. remember that. There are HUD options even in Skyrim that you can do that with, where yeah. you can turn things off. The problem is, is the way that when Bethesda took these over and started building these maps for these worlds, um, the Skyrim map, the Fallout 3 map, the Fallout New Vegas map are all based on the same world-building engineering tech. I actually used it in school. It's called the GEC. It's the Garden of Eastern Creation Kit. And a lot of people used That's to build funny. mods and stuff because it's just their game engine. Sorry, but because Gek is, yeah. is the uh, thing from <laughs> Fallout 3. Yes. So all of those maps are based on the same architecture, but that because of that, they're designed in the same way, which means that the way you discover something is by walking close enough to it, you get a landmark on your map of where yeah. it is. The issue with Skyrim is when you turn those markers off, like if the guy said, go to a cave in the northeast... Well, congratulations, you have five caves to now sort through. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> because it's so fucking dense. It's so completely packed full of stuff. So I guess that... <laughs> I feel like you have to find a happy medium for that kind of... No no longer having everything like, hey, mm -hmm. here's exactly where you have to go. You have to find that level between um, too dense mm -hmm. and or give more information to find it. Because in, in my head, when you with the open world thing... Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is very obviously handholdy to a certain extent when it comes to this is where you're supposed to go. We're going to put that <laughs> marker on your your HUD or whatever. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that you just walk upon, you just find yeah. in the world. Nowhere near as much as I think, not you should, but mm -hmm. as much as people would love to have. Um, 
because that's the thing. Breath of the Wild is a really fun open world. It's just not dense enough. Yeah. It's like well, you got to find the yeah. balance between that. I think like a, a Fallout or a Skyrim sometimes too dense. Um, first, because well, I mean, just... literally, you can go, you can find like fifteen side quests on the way to the main quest. Uh, <laughs> The best way to make an open world is to make all the locations in your open world ha- serve a purpose for yeah. the player, right? Where and that like, doesn't just even mean if you one back, Korok is hidden there. If you go back to OG Mass Effect, even when you were just driving around on like sparsely populated planets with the Ma- Mako, whenever you stumbled upon like a building, it was its own separate sort of not like marked on your map or in your journal, but it was its own separate side quest. If you went in that building and you killed a bunch of stuff or found something neat in there, you got little text blurbs on the screen that explained what it was and what you were doing there. Yeah. Um, so that's really the key is it doesn't really matter how dense or how sparse your world is. Just make every location serve a purpose. And if you're going to give a quest, make the locations I can find on the way to that quest, basically guide me towards it. Right. If I find a, if there's a quest where a guy says, well, you got to capture this thief, for example, and I don't know where he went, but he went to a town somewhere up, say, north. Right. Then make it so that way I know I have a general heading of where I need to go. But as I'm moving up north, say I stumble upon, you know, a camp. Right. And then I explore the camp and find, okay, the fire there has been like recently burning. So someone's been here. Um, you know, there's fresh food lying around and then, oh, like around the corner from the camp, there's like a cave there. Let me go and explore that. And I find, you know, some notes in that cave that tell me, you know, tales of this thief and where he may have went after that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that way, you know, I'm exploring the world, but I'm also moving the story along. (laughs) Sorry, I just remembered. (laughs) Or you find, um, you, you go into a cave, you murder a guy, you find a book in front of him and find out that you murdered a blind man. Um, <laughs> uh, man, Blind man that you used to buff your sneak skill if you don't murder him. <laughs> I forget him. I gotta remember next time I start a game, I want to do that right away. Um, mm. Man, I, I want to get... That's one of those games that I, I... I never beat Skyrim. I've beaten Fallout. I've mm. beaten Fallout 3, New Vegas, and 4. I've never beaten Skyrim. Skyrim, I've got, I got too distracted. I got too distracted by everything around me in the world, and then just never got back to it. I've beaten Skyrim once. I've never beaten New Vegas. I've never beaten four. Um, which, by I the way, I've I don't know if you saw. Dave is currently playing through Fallout Four. Yeah. The thing about Fallout Four is beating it is a big question mark because it's basically just picking what faction you want to side with and who else you want to blow up. Yeah, you have to go back and redo. And that's I we were talking about. I was on the phone with him the other day. I was talking about the fact that I had multiple saves at the deciding point for those different uh, mm-hmm. factions. Because um, there's one that literally there is a single <laughs> there's a single mission in Fallout Four where you side with one of three factions. Mm-hmm. And the other two are completely blocked off, and there's nothing else you can do to change their mind about you. Um, nope. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, so um, I had a saving point right there where it's like, okay, I am with the Brotherhood. I am with the underground, the railroad, underground railroad, underground railroad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the railroad, yes. railroad. Um, and or, or I'm with the uh, the synth. institute, um, yeah. which like you know. You know which also, oh. I Fallout Four is the only game that I didn't play as a as um, basically 
we were talking about Murder Hobo earlier. That's the only mm-hmm. game that I I played Murder Hobo. The Fallout <laughs> games I play Murder Hobo, because um, I it's fun. It's so much fun. Um, but I, I, oh, I couldn't I couldn't play Fallout Four that way because mm-hmm. Nick will not be my best friend, and I couldn't not have Nick yeah. be my best friend. I played all the Fallout games without companions because they get in the way. Um, but. <laughs> I I was having the last time I played Fallout Four. What I was really having fun doing was just basically role playing a Minuteman. I would just go yeah. and establish settlements and build these settlements up to the point where they were self sufficient, interconnected with one another, so that resources all fed each other. Yeah. Um, and literally had one big giant civilization on a post apocalyptic map that all had a mortar in their towns as well because. Once you have all the towns, you can mortar everywhere on the map except for, like, the edge of the glowing sea. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God damn. So, like, raiders want to fuck around. I'm like, flare. <laughs> uh, he, they, they fucked around and found out. Um, so, Nate, I see you increased your nerd, your, your true nerd stat. Yeah, my true nerd stat is up. I have to turn my lamp on for this, or else nobody will be able to see it. Um, change that to that. Brighten that up. You could have sent a picture. You did send a picture. Hold on. I did send a picture, didn't I? Did I send the finished picture? Yes. Um, you put it in the gaming, I believe. Game chat. Boom. Boom. Let's see. Can I get this to pull up in? in, yeah, in that's in. not the finished picture. Oh, this isn't finished. Oh, no. base coat brush. Oh, you got to send the base coat and dry brush done. Okay. So what Nate did send me was this guy. Nope, that's podcast nut. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, that's why. I'm like, why is this showing that? That's not what it's supposed to show. It's supposed to show that podcast nuts. Yes. That's so, what Nate sent me. This isn't what is currently in existence. I guess. No. But that's my very first space marine. That's him with a base coat and a dry brush done. So I took him out to my shed and I primed him um, with black primer. And then I did what's called a zenithal prime. So I overcoated that very lightly with a gray primer, a very light gray primer, to give it a highlight, more or less. The one you see there is painted in a color called Caliban Green. And then the dry brush, to give it more highlight, is what's called Warp Storm Warpstone Glow. I won't get into all the paint colors and details, but this is the finished product as of today. This is the very first Space Marine, and I was focused on just doing one, so I had a test bed to find out what the rest would look like. I gotta say, Um, I love that little thing that holds it, because, like, that didn't exist when my brother and I tried to get into this, and you had to, like, hold Mm. the shit and paint it. Oh, yeah. Well, normally you had to hold them by the base, or... Um, what a lot of guys do is they actually forgo this little tool. This is just a model holder, which mm-hmm. Citadel sells in different sizes. Um, but a lot of guys, honestly, one of the best painters I know takes some little plastic shot glasses and some blue tack and just oh, does that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's plenty of tutorials out there, how to do this hobby basically on the real, real cheap. <laughs> um, but uh, this is my first Space Marine painted and done. I painted them as the as a chapter called the Dark Angels. Um, I remember that which show. Which was opposed to the bar- the box art, which has Ultramarines on it. But, yeah, basically he's green, very dark green. His gun is red. His sword is red. I've got little markings on his shoulders to show what chapter he's from. Space Time Taco Green. Yes, and to show what role he's from. 
Um, but yeah, that was the first one done. Um, this took this took a couple hours to get like to this level of quality. You don't have to paint it to this level at all to play the game. Tabletop rules literally say put three colors on your mini and you're good for tabletop. Really? Yeah. Oh. So that's literally like prime it, put a base coat on it, dry brush it if you want to highlight, and then paint the weapons like silver, and you have a tabletop ready model. Oh, you can't this- like paint it just like have three different lines. <laughs> three dots on the model <laughs> it still counts it has to be fully painted but with at least three different colors on the model um but yeah i mean it's as simple as that that took me roughly six hours to paint up one of him to this level of detail um you could honestly knock one of these guys out in 30 minutes if you want to oh, damn. if you're a skilled painter but this required a lot of highlighting a lot of different painting techniques i had to use and i bought a lot of different paints just to try them out and to see what worked on this to get them to this standard. And frankly, this is better than a lot of people's first space Marine. <laughs> like no comment. Um, because no, yeah. that's a j- jab at myself. Yeah. Um, well, he's got little shoulder details on there so you can see his chapter marking and then his squad markings and stuff like that. But yeah, simple. All I have left to do is apply some base texture to him and he's finished. And then, and then I will work on the rest. Ten more of them, or thirty more of them, or something like that. Well, out of the Space Marines, I've got well, I got four more left of those to paint, and then I've got ten Necron Warriors to paint. Those are the pains in the ass. So those are probably going to get speed painted. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's play- still more models in the box I haven't put together. Uh, have you played anything else, or have you really just been focusing on that lately? Really been focusing on this. The painting is nice. It's relaxing. It lets you focus on a task and get it done. Um, again, I get that 40K is not for everybody. It's a special universe with a special niche. And yes, the hobby itself can get expensive. Um, but for me, it's fun to just sit down and do this. And I may do some streams later this week where I actually show my process for painting one. Mm. All right. Mm. Well, I've been playing a shit ton of games lately. Um, I... Uh... Like I said, I believe last time we were on, I talked about me going through my backlog. I've actually cleared a lot out of my backlog without putting, like, recording or or, um, streaming any of it, just because it turns out a lot of that backlog I had gotten for free, and it was not worth, not worth it, not worth putting time or effort into it. I played about ten minutes of, like, ten different games, and I'm like, cool, I don't need to ever touch this ever again. Um... But a handful I did fall in love with, and I really, really enjoyed. Um, one of which, very in line with how much I was enjoying and how relaxing uh, Power Wash Simulator was, is House Flipper. Um, I actually was gifted that mm-hmm. um, by the streamer Wreck-It Raven. Uh, they actually gave uh, gifted that to me, and I immediately, like, I'm like, oh, cool, I've wanted to play this, pulled it up. Mm-hmm immediately was like oh okay yeah this is fun <laughs> this is really fun because um, it really is it is very much i i haven't actually renovated any houses yet i've only been doing like the the cleaning and everything the only thing i don't like is painting <laughs> painting mm-hmm. takes so much time um so there is ways to speed up your painting as you earn more money yeah it's still um, too long <laughs> it does take a while to paint yes but eventually you get to the point where you can apply one even coat per roll and then it it seems like it breezes by at that yeah. point <laughs> yeah 
Mm. Yeah, I want a paint gun. Can I just get a paint gun? Like, also, pull out the fucking please, please tell me you paint the insides of windowsills. Yeah. Okay. It's I've seen there. so many people play this game where they go around and they paint, like, the flats of the wall and then don't paint the inside of the windowsill a match. <laughs> <sighs> because I, um... the game only credits you for painting the flats of the wall. You don't have to paint those insides. I don't have to do it? Well, fuck that. No. I'm not doing it anymore. That takes no! my time. No! <laughs> Damn it. Now, here's the thing. Do you? It looks sell, so ugly. Do you remember to sell your your paint your, the paint back when you don't finish? When you f- don't yes. finish a bucket? Okay, I good. I remember to sell all my materials back when I don't finish. Um, I, I've only done... I didn't play too much of it. I, I only did one like retiling level um, mm-hmm. for the walls uh, and... It was like, all right, we wanted to tile with these two different colors. And I'm like, so I'm sure they're like, do an accent wall. But in my head, I immediately was like, every other one is going to be the different color. <laughs> so I was like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you do it that way? Um, you just checkerboarded somebody's shower. <laughs> oh, and that's, that's what I'm doing next. That'll be great. Um, no, it's it's very fun, very relaxing. I don't know... When when you do the remodeling, because obviously it's house mm-hmm. flipper, I haven't done any of the actual house flipping yet. Uh, when you do that, mm-hmm. does does the cost play into it a little bit more? Or well, yes. So yeah. what I was confused about when I first started playing the game is you start out in that dinky little office that you have to clean up and everything like that. Um, and I thought that by going on the market and purchasing one of the other houses, that was going to transfer my office to that house. Oh, that, that's no. where you live. I never thought that. No. Instead, what you're doing is you're buying that house, and you can hold on to it for as long as you want, and then you're flipping it based on recommendations you get in oh, real time I did as you update that. it. So, like, you'll get comments from people where it's like, if you knock down a wall, all of a sudden they'll be like, what, it's only got one bedroom? And you know you're not done yet, but they give you these comments to let you know what they want in the house so you can try to sell it for the maximum price. Okay. Um, or I really fucked up that whole process and so i'm starting the game over but um no i turned that first little office shack you get into into fucking like the chattiest shack i possibly could um does it ever does the office ever expand at all or no it does not expand you have that little bit of room to work with but i did probably the best thing i could do with that tiny bit of space yeah okay yeah i wasn't sure because i know i i obviously you get the ability to like destroy and pulled up and, and put in walls and everything i'm like can i extend because yeah. i own this entire lot i'm like can i make mm-hmm. the lot the the building itself bigger and you can't from what i've done so far um, unfortunately not but i mean the the fun part for me is when you finally do get the ability to start knocking down and putting walls and just going through and wrecking somebody's entire home for fun sometimes it's horrible <laughs> i guess they don't charge you for it <laughs> or just just Look, you said you wanted an open concept. This is as open as it gets. You have zero load-bearing walls on this room. Congratulations. <laughs> Just the second floor. Are there floors? By the way, I will say, so year, years years ago, while back, you made a comment saying something about, like, these houses are the same houses from... Um, yeah, from Phasmophobia. It's a stock Unity asset. I have not seen... None of the houses I've seen so far are in any way the same house from... Phasmophobia. So, one of the basic houses that we always go into when we play Phasmophobia is, I guarantee, in House Slipper. It okay. is a stock Unity asset that you can get on the Unity store. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe it's one of the ones that I have to actually flip, but yeah. Um, but no, like I said, House Flipper, really fun. Um, very 
too. Obviously, I haven't gotten into the more, I guess, stressful part of flipping a house, but just taking mm-hmm. the regular jobs on, very relaxing. Um, the uh, Another game that I got into is, uh, I guess you can call it... Soulsvania, maybe? Kinda? Um, but Bluefire? Nope. No. No, it's not that, mate. Let me just get rid of that. That's not going on the internet again. Um, no, Blue Fire, uh, it is from... Oh, my mind blanked on it. Not Graffiti Games. Is it Graffiti Games? Actually, it is Graffiti Games. Blue Fire Graffiti Games. Yeah, Blue Fire is from Graffiti Games. Um, mate, get out of here. Uh, cute little... Action platformy, um, souls soulsish slash uh, Metroidvania ish game. Um, you basically are again. I'm. This is the worst part. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> um, literally builds dolls. Oh, are you commenting on yourself now? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it uh but again i'm i'm horrible when it comes to story i skip story because i normally don't care um when it comes to most video games some games you just fall into it and you can't help it um but basically you are in almost like a post-apocalyptic kind of uh setting very medievally kind of setting um and you basically are just running through and trying to restore life i guess to the world again i Mm -hmm. I can't skip the story all i know is i'm going around murdering people um and (laughs) hoping not to die uh but it's fun i i really enjoyed what i played of it in a a very quick oh zelda that's right i called it zelda born or zelda souls something like that um Mm -hmm. because it it follows like uh the first the first temple the first world is a uh a forest temple kind of thing um mm-hmm. but I, I really enjoyed it i want to get back to it and uh, i plan on i wanted to do some streams with it um i actually recorded did a recording of my first like i did i ended up playing like for two hours two or three hours and just recorded myself playing it um so i might edit that out edit that edit that, that, that edit that down a little bit uh cut out me dying a lot right um make it look like i'm good at games uh, <laughs> But mm-hmm. no, that really fun. I I recommend it. I picked that up a couple of years back. Um, but another game I picked up, uh, or I, another game I I started playing, and actually I beat it already. Um, I'm very close to now just going back through and 100 percenting it. Um, is the not sequel, but also not not a not 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 a sequel, I guess. Uh, to Superland, Supra, Supra, Superland. Uh, it's called Superland Six Inches Under. Um, it is... It's so confusing because if you look at the game, you you think that the game, both of them, the original and this, you think that these are very kids' games, like very kiddie games. But the commentary and the dialogue throughout the games, you're very much like, kids, this is going over any kid's head. None of this makes any sense to kids. Uh... It's very it has a lot of adult humor in it, um, mm-hmm. but in it, it really is just an exploration kind of game story story exploration 
this is the one, this is why I was thinking Metroidvania. There's, it's very Metroidvania where um, you are going to different worlds, getting getting different power-ups, backtracking, going in, unlocking more stuff, finding more things. Um, you basically are, in the first game, you play as a prince uh, and have to, I guess, basically reunite the two kingdoms. Um, in the second game, you are uh, a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> they say plumber. You don't do many much plumbing, um, but they call you the plumber throughout the entire game. Uh, and you actually see and kind of interact with the prince every now and then. Um, and he comes off as a super douchey guy. And I'm like, I don't remember him being a douchebag in the first game. But it kind of makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but it is a really fun... Um, I actually... I don't... Did I? No, I don't think I recorded any of that gameplay. Um, but I like... I almost beat the entire game in one sitting. Uh, it isn't too long, but it's also, I think, maybe 15 bucks. Um, and it, it very much is like a... The idea behind this this game was while the first team made the original game, another team of like new hires made this game to prepare themselves for working with the company and kind of in like it has a lot of assets and a lot of reused um, abilities from the original game with new stuff built in and they all it basically from what I read. Um, the different sections were built out by different new hires almost. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's, it actually works really well. I think it, it, it's a really fun again, really quick game. Um, not frustrating. I know a lot of those games can be frustrating at some points, but it, it really is just, uh, just something that you can waste hours playing. Uh, <laughs> basically to a hundred percent of the game, you can get through, without collecting everything, but the 100% of the game, you have to get every chest. Um, I, when I beat the game, when I rolled credits on the game, I had 60-some chests left. I think I had 69 chests left. Because you get a tracker right. at that point. You get a tracker that can and then upgrade and tell you where, like, it kind of um, hot... What is that called? Why can't I remember what it's called? <laughs> that the game where you're like... Hot, cold, whatever. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just hot and cold. Yeah, but there's a certain turn. I can't remember. Fuck it. Basically, the you get the beeps get faster the closer you are to something. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I am now down to I think there. I have 15 chests left, um, and I <laughs> I ran through getting those chests so quickly, um, and mm -hmm. so now it really is like I'm going back through every world. Um, because you get the first upgrade that that gives you a little sense when you're closer to them, and then when you get that last upgrade on it, you get the larger the larger range. Being like, okay, you are so close; it could be in any direction, but you are now super close. Oh, louder, louder! Find it, yay! Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it's fun. It's just one of those games that I think a lot of people can have fun with. I don't know. Are you you're not are you a big action platformer guy at all? I mean, I'm not huge into it, but I get the appeal of it. There are games I like that are action platformers like Mirror's Edge, like Ghost Runner. So, um, um, Six Inches Under isn't, but Super, mm -hmm. the original Superland is available uh, through Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, Xbox, and PC. Um, so if I would recommend it. It's really fun. Um, 
like I said, I, I played this one just because of how much I enjoyed the first one. I was mad that it wasn't on Xbox, because I'm like, I already have the achievements on the first game. Let me get the achievements on this one, too. I don't have all of them. I need to go back and... Again, I it's in both of the games, I only need to get the rest of the chests. I have all the upgrades. I have everything story-wise beaten. It's just chess at this point that I have to find. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely recommend that one as a fun one. Uh, and the last one... Um, this is cheating, technically. I've already played through all this game. Um, <laughs> but it came to Xbox Game Pass, and I'm like, I've played through this. I know how quick it takes, how quick you can get through this. Um, so I thousand pointed, Turn Up Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Uh, which, one, <laughs> I love the title. Two, it is such a fun, cute game. Um, mm-hmm. But what I found out after playing through the. Major- the entirety of the main storyline, um, mm-hmm. they have added a damage multiplier and a god mode that can be turned on at any time that doesn't affect your achievements. So you can literally sw- switch on god mode in um, three times damage from the beginning without affecting your, your achievements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what took about two hours, I think it was about two hours to thousand percent or a hundred percent it um probably cut it down a lot um it is you basically are playing just as turnip boy who uh gets his gets a letter in the mail telling him he has to pay taxes and the game literally starts with you ripping up the tax form uh Mm. and from that point you then are told by the mayor of town to do all these quests uh so you can I guess technically get your place back, but that never happened. Well, it does happen. Let's put it that way. Um, but throughout the game, you come across different documents. 90% of them literally have taxes, something taxes related on them. So there's an achievement for ripping up every single thing that you were handed. Um, like, there's an achievement attached to every single individual item, and then a final achievement that's like, you've ripped up everything. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's cute. It's free on Game Pass, which, you know, we aren't sponsored, but we'll take it. We love you, Game Pass. Um, <laughs> so I, I highly recommend checking that out. Very short game, very cute, very funny. Um, definitely don't in- interact with everybody. Everybody... <sighs> Not every single character, but a lot of dialogue between the characters is really entertaining. Um, And some of the stuff is fucked up. And there are certain points in the game, there is a separate storyline that exists through diaries and some cutscenes. The cutscenes don't make as much sense if you aren't reading the diaries as well. Um, Mm -hmm. It it can be pretty emotional. There's like the, the top level of stupid shit that you're doing as this turnip guy. Um, and then there's the the underlying storyline that existed and happened to the world that you are in. Um, let's just put it this way. Think of 2020 worst case scenario. That is mm-hmm. that is what this story plays off of. And it's fucking it's it's depressing. Um, <laughs> but it's a fun game. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. look past that depression part. Uh, <laughs> um but I definitely recommend that. Like I said, it is on... Um, it's actually out of the four games that I'm talking about. It's the only one that's on Game Pass. Usually it's everything's on fucking Game Pass for us. Uh, yep. Yeah. 
you play anything else, or was that really all with your your EO? Which That's is basically really... reverse boyfriend dungeon. Which do you remember that game yeah. being a thing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's basically all I've played. I am picking through my PS2 games basically to see. I, I know that they're all fun because these are all the games I've kept for my PS2. But the question is, is you know, do they still work? <laughs> are they still functional? <laughs> um, it is a massive unknown quantity with the 50-something games I have sitting here and the fact that I'm still playing on an old fat boy PS2 that has chugged along for the better part of, shit, almost... 20 years now I've had this console so um, funny enough so the way that I got this actually was when my little brother finally left my mom's house I picked it up and he had uh, a memory card in it from a company called Magic Gate which used to manufacture memory cards third party memory cards and this was a 32 gig one the way that it was 32 gigs is it's got four partitions on it and you switch between them by pressing a little button on the memory card itself, and it's got LED lights one, two, three, four on the front of it. So it's basically I, just it's it's a it's four yeah. memory cards in one. It's four memory cards in one. I ditched this thing and went on Amazon when I started getting this idea to play PS2 games again, and found an original inbox eight megabyte PS2 memory card, and it didn't cost much, and I bought it, and that's what's in there now because this thing is fucking unreliable. Those things are tanks. They had data on them. I've had data on a PS1 memory card for almost 20 years that hasn't gone bad. <laughs> Can anyone say that about a hard drive still spinning in a PC right now? That's true. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so, like, this is... I don't know. I'm having fun with it. It's nostalgic, but it's also fresh because I haven't touched these games in forever. Um... And now that I've got a setup where I can actually stream them, it's actually plugged into my capture card now. We may see some PS2 streams, finally. Not just talking about it, but finally doing it in the near future. I'll believe it <laughs> when I see it. <laughs> well, we will see. <laughs> Alright, Nate. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up today? No, I think we're all good to wrap this episode. Yeah, look, it's under two hours. Um, you can see, definitely, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, thank you for joining us on another episode of Space Time Taco. Uh, if you like what you hear, what you see, if you just want to see more of us and hear more of us and know our thoughts, one, be psychic. Uh, two, <laughs> just follow us on all social media. Search for Space Time Taco. I am Chris, a.k.a. Time Lord Burrito. Everywhere, literally everywhere. <laughs> I am Nate, aka a little teapot. Literally, most places. one place. I think one place. <laughs> I don't think he uses anything else um, except for Twitter, and he uses that like once a month. Um, <laughs> I know that because I get all the notifications of him retroactively well, liking my tweets. Um, I just made a tweet. I saw that, and you liked one of my tweets, so I'll see you next month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I met my quota. <laughs> Go inside and play video games. <laughs>